Yeah, 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 I think it's an appropriate song to listen to. It was the choice of my guest here, and that is Dawn Davies. She's the head buyer for Speciality Drinks. She is a master of wine, uh, one of the smartest palates I personally know. Oh, wow. Um, let's see, former drinks buyer for Selfridges. Yeah. Um, with experience as a manager or sommelier at what, Zuma. Uh, so I was Zuma. The Square, Boxwood Cafe, and then I open around the Ledbury. So some yeah. pretty awesome people to work with. Very awesome. And I feel like I'm with some awesome now. So thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, we start out with a song uh, that was from someone who's smooth and beautiful Well, I mean, you Caribbean. said it perfectly. Yes. The smooth Caribbean. And, you know, that is what rum is. Smooth yeah, okay. and Caribbean. Well, not all of it. Yes. But I think... You know what, it was funny when, when you emailed and said, oh, you know, what drink would you pick, drink song, would, or what song would mm. you pick to sort of talk about your job? I was like, well, it has to have alcohol in it, otherwise, you know, yes, of course. <laughs> you know what else? Yes. Um, I, you know, I had so many sort of songs going around in my head, and then I thought, you know, what does drink represent to me? It represents being together, having a good time, yeah. and cheers, you and know, and I think... the bastards bring you down. Absolutely, yeah. no bastards bring you down. No bastards. It was either that or Gin and Juice by Snoop Dogg, which yeah. I also love, but um, I'm having an anti-gin moment at the moment, so that kind of had to gin. go out. There I, is a I, lot I, of... I'm too much gin, everyone. Too much gin. that's good. <laughs> yes, this Maybe is very not good. most of it, but There's a lot of shite. <laughs> and I get to have all of it, yes. <laughs> which is fabulous. But rum is, is really selling? excited. Yeah, okay, yeah. Well, is gin still selling? It's yes. It's still there. Okay. Yes. Bye. Sadly. How about rum? Is rum selling? Well, rum is for me the next big thing. Okay. So move to the side, gin. Watch right. out. There's a new dog in town. All right. So I, I think you know the the thing with rum is I it's what you find is people move through categories so if you think when you're young you know we all drink sugared drinks and sweet yeah. stuff and then you get to alcohol and you're like i don't want anything that tastes of alcohol so you know we all went to vodka red bull because you couldn't taste the vodka you just taste the red bull and then your sort of palate changes and you start going you know okay i'll i'll, I'll, I'll pitch it up a bit yeah. you know so you might go to wine but it's probably going to be sauvignon or whatever and you know, brown spirits tend to come later in your drinking career because they're stronger. They're self, more in yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're doing shots of Jack Daniels when you're like uh, ten, maybe. Oh, me, okay, yeah. fair enough. But do you still drink Jim Beam? I'm not against uh, it, but no. But no, I think we've all. But I still drink bourbon. Yeah, bourbon's awesome. We love bourbon. But I think you know the good thing is with when you go into brown spirits, when you sort of, sort of as your palate changes you suddenly discover that there's so many amazing flavors and i think rum's such a good one because it has that element of sweetness you know mm. no matter what yeah. rum has sweetness so it's a really nice transition from those kind of sweet sort of drinks that we're drinking yeah. through to when we go into the sort of the whiskies and the camparis and things that are more bitter and more intense and yeah, yeah, yeah. i think your palate naturally goes through those kind of stages so i am firmly for rum okay i hey. think it's an amazing liquid well this is exciting and it's a, and it's an exciting first for my podcast um i'm going to be doing a, a live tasting here way well, hey. so this is very exciting we're so. getting the benefits just so okay. everyone's aware yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
No spitting on this stage. No, 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 no. <laughs> so what are we going to start with here? we got three um, roms lined up. So I thought I'd sort of... Stages of amber. Yeah, very different sort of styles. So what I thought it would be good to do is, you know, rum isn't just something sweet and that's it. You mm -hmm. know, it, there's not just one type of rum. Right. So I think what I wanted to do is show you sort of three different styles of rum, all equally valid, but all kind of probably for different drinkers or people that like different things. Okay. So the first one we've got is actually a rum agricole. So rum agricoles are different to sort of other rums. Um, sort of two main categories There's of two rum, main right? categories. Yeah. There's rum agricole, three if you count spiced. So spiced okay. rum, which is always flavored. Then you have rum agricole, which is essentially made from pure sugarcane mm. juice and from any French colony tends yeah. to be the ones that produce it. So Trois Rivières, which is what we've got in front of us, is from Martinique. They also tend to be a little bit more punchy in okay. kind of flavor. You get more of that really pure kind of, I mean, if you put your nose in it, you almost get that pure sugar cane, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that sort of very fresh notes yeah. to it. I mean, this has been aged. Um, this is one that's been aged in, in wood, but it does definitely have a little bit more spice to it, a little bit more of that sort of, sort of softer kind of almost like it plummy kind of tones to it yeah i can smell that yeah but definitely that pure sugar cane should come mm. through now if you pick up the second one which is basically a well, when i say classic rum it's a yeah. rum made from molasses yes which is the byproduct of sugar cane which is more sort of the english and spanish colonial yes. style so more of the okay. colonial you know, barbados jamaica these are all much more about the kind of molasses style rums and this already on the nose you know if you think yeah. yeah if you think you're kind of sugarcane juice if you've ever kind of chomped on a sugarcane or yeah. you you know it's it's, mm -hmm. it's fresh yeah. whereas actually molasses if you've poured treacle on anything i think that it's much richer it's much more intense a little bit heavier and I think on the nose you already get that and I think in the palate if you taste the two you'll immediately kind of get a bit of a difference okay so we were tasting the mm. the, the Trois Rivières which is the agricole so it's a bit fresher it's a bit sort of drier in style mm. it's it's more almost like an eau de vie you know you've got this real kind of freshness to it you feel it sort of cleanse yeah. the mouth yeah, yeah. Mm. And you've still got that sort of lovely warmth wow, and richness, nice. yeah. but for me, this is a really almost nice sipping. You can mix it. It's got, uh, it's, it's quite a nice one if you're sort of, you like a lighter style, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I would say. I mean, some of them can be quite high in alcohol, yeah. these agricole ones, but this one's lighter, actually, still, there's a lasting there's still flavor, flavor that's, yeah. and that's mm -hmm. a sign of quality. So yeah. if you have tasted something and you keep tasting it and you keep tasting it, and you're thinking about it a lot that's actually a sign of quality okay. a lot of people ask me how do you assess product mm -hmm. how do you know something's better than another thing and it is it's that how much do you think about it and how long does it stay on your palate i mean i'm still tasting it you know it's, yeah, it's too, yeah. still there and it's evolving as i taste it yeah yeah and that's again a sign of quality mm -hmm. if it keeps changing and it keeps asking you questions okay. if the drink asks you questions you're either really mm -hmm. drunk or it's very very good <laughs> or both <laughs> or both <laughs> <laughs> so if you go to the second one, okay, yeah, and like have a little taste of that. Mm. Oh, so this is one of my favorite producers. Um, this is from Richard Seal, who is in my mind probably one of the best distillers out there for rum. Okay, he is a gentleman that knows his mind is not afraid to speak it and he's very 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 passionate about he doesn't add any extra sugars a lot of these rum producers yeah, 
and I'm not saying whether it's good or bad. Right. It's it's different, but I think everyone needs to be honest about it. Add sugar, extra sugar, even though it's sweet, they're making it more sweeter, and also they're adding some flavorants and they're adding caramels. Yeah. So you know you're enhancing the flavors. He does nothing, so no this is extra the, the sugar. Four square. This is the four square, and okay. it's actually it's from a vintage. Yes, okay. it's from Barbados, and it's from 2005. And I have to say, this is he is a super exciting person. If okay. you're gonna go out there. Especially for me, for a whiskey lover, mm-hmm. if you want to, you know, if you know you have a whiskey lover and you think, oh God, I don't know what to buy them, they have everything, something from Foursquare, especially one of these vintage ones, is a really okay. nice alternative. Well, do you want to work through the, the next yeah. one or do you want to start talking about aging and how? Yeah, so we, we could talk about aging. Yes, okay. why not? Um, so aging in, in the Caribbean's very different to uh, aging in, say, Scotland. Sip. Having another sip. We'll be, we'll be on the floor by the end of now. We've still got three bottles to get through, so oh. we'll be good. Um, so aging in the Caribbean, if you think of it, everything goes into a barrel. So it yes. comes out as a white spirit, goes into barrel, and it's aging. Yes. And if you think about the Caribbean in terms of sort of the heat, the humidity, and you compare that to, say, Scotland, mm-hmm. there are slightly different temperatures. I mean, I know Scotland does have the odd palm tree, but we're, we're not quite in the same league. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, you look at kind of how that humidity and how that heat mm-hmm. increases and intensifies evaporation of what we call the angel share. Okay. So the angel share is any liquid that's coming out, any alcohol that's coming out throughout the aging process. So if you say aged uh, rum for three years. Yes. It'd be the equivalent of aging it in Scotland for nine. Wow, okay. So there's a huge, and you know, it's in, it's almost, I guess, a kind of rapid aging. But then you also have the humidity, which also affects how it, it changes and evolves. So uh, tropical aging is really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, in the warehouses, they'll move the casks because if it's high up, it's going to be hotter. Yeah, and, and you go to these old warehouses in, in sort of some of the the caribbean and they're just incredible the smell that's coming out i mean even if you go into a distillery you get a smell but in these you're like you're like oh my goodness yeah, yeah it's so intense distillery yeah and how yeah. was that did you get that yeah, kind just, of sense of like just, just like being in molasses yeah incredible yeah i was very lucky to go to barbados to go to mount gay and i just remember yeah. like walking into these big warehouses and just being like this is heaven. Yeah. yeah. And, and because of that rapid aging, actually with rums, you get really good value for money. Because if you think about it, and I'm not saying that rapid aging is good. Right. I'm just saying in the right context with the right product, it works. Yeah. And, you know, I think with here, you're, you're getting an 11-year-old rum. Yeah. And it's 50 if you got say maybe a ten-year-old whiskey, right. and the prices these days with whiskey going up and up and up, oh, yeah. you know, actually you're starting to get some really good value for money because this, in a sense, is a thirty-year-old whiskey. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, you can't put it in such simplistic terms, but I do think rum is really, really good value for money still. Okay. Yeah. Um, and actually, if we're, l- we're looking at kind of molasses and the kind of really rich characters, if we taste the last rum. Wow. And I think, you know, I always think, so this is Diplomatico. This is a big, rich, I call mm. this like a treacle bomb. 
pour this over vanilla ice cream pour this over your lover lick it off it is just the way to go it's a really rich vanilla bomb of a, of a rum mm. and very different to the other three but so this is venezuela mm. okay. and i remember turning up to the distillery oh, and they were emptying the trucks okay. of the molasses and it was literally i've never seen it, it was like tar going oh, down and oh. the smell just you put your nose in that and it was it's it's a vanilla bomb with raisins. Yeah, it's delicious. Mm. So as as the head buyer for specialty mm. drinks, um, are you traveling a lot? I wish I traveled more. Yeah. I love traveling, and you know, I think you wrote, you don't really understand a category or a product or anything until you really see yeah. how it how it's made and being there and really getting a sense of it. And I've been very lucky. I've been to the in, to Barbados and I've been to Venezuela. Which I mean, how many people get to say they do that for their jobs yeah right i yeah. do have the best job in the world there that's, is that's no great. question about that drink for a living yeah. cheers back to rihanna um but i think at the same time like you meet some incredible people like if i look at the people behind all these three products they you know they impart some of their cells into it would you call these craft um not all of them um i would say they're all quite big Distilleries. I think yeah, craft sure is a really misused word in okay. drinks. Yeah. I think it's just kind of a buzzword. You know, craft gin, no one craft beer. beer it's craft, craft beer. beer. Yeah. It's all a load of bollocks. Okay. You know, to a degree, yes, you can have a small micro brewery mm -hmm. or micro distillery or a small production, but actually, by its nature, right. you have to produce quite high volumes for alcohol to start making returns. Sure, and, yeah. You know, are these crafted yes okay are they craft no and i think okay. that's a real distinction for me with drink i think there is a, a scalability to producing alcohol mm. that is maybe not so possible for other in brackets craft sure. drinks okay. but these are definitely not craft products they do produce a lot um there are very few rum distilleries that are really producing tiny tiny amounts there's a couple in haiti that are really what you would call oh yeah micro i so know barbancourt core is quite small but yeah. still not small yeah, i mean I it's mean, it's that's still bigger. you know it's all kind of quite relative i think even if you look at gin let's take gin yeah. as an example everyone's saying they have a craft gin well it's all made the base spirits all made down at thames distillers yeah right yeah. they might have added five botanicals or in, and uh, or in, yeah yeah how is that craft unless you're making it in your home from someone your own tiny little label. still yeah, yeah someone crafted the label <laughs> you can see i'm really violently against gin at the moment okay, wow. <laughs> but you know even okay probably the closest is beer because beer can be done on a much smaller scale without mm -hmm. having you know to use big volumes sure. in some way yeah. um but i think it is very hard once you have a still it's got to be yeah, a certain I guess if size you're take a barrel of something and set it aside for 10 years you need to do that to scale yeah right? because <laughs> otherwise you just don't make money <laughs> right yeah and you know these are these are aged you've got to always think about uh, you know people always say why is everything so expensive with some of these older products it's been sitting in a someone's paying yeah. for that to just sit there mm. and like take its merry sweet time to get ready and yeah. you know it's the same with things like champagne anything like that sure. you're paying because someone's sitting there spending money just holding it yeah. you know it's it's not like a piece of chicken where the chicken grows kill the poor chicken and then you know you put it on a plate maybe no. i shouldn't go into chickens but That's hey right. <laughs> you know yeah. it's picking thing yeah. but it, it's there's definitely kind of that 
that whole kind of aging process that does add value to the product okay. inherently. So value-wise, what do these cost? So they're all actually about the same. They're all around sort of, I think, if I should have checked that properly before I spoke, but um, Foursquare's around 50-something. Okay. Trois-Rivières will be about the same. Mm-hmm. And Diplo's probably about 45, maybe okay. a bit less now. But for me, they all really deliver on sort of flavours and things. And they, they're all different in their own ways. I think, for me, Diplomatico's a really good rum if you're just starting out with rum. Okay. And you just yeah, want something I mean, really like lovely. This. Yeah, it, I remember when I used to work at Selfridges, we used to just open a bottle of this and we would sell out yeah. in about half an hour because people were like, oh, wow. It's like this a banana is super- split in a glass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's super tasty. You know what I mean? It, it, you could add that to mm. vanilla ice cream or you could put it on top of your Christmas pudding. It's, it's kind of one of those ones. If I make banana bread, I always add this okay. because it just gives you that little je ne sais quoi. But also nutty, like uh, yeah. you say banana bread, I think walnut. Yeah, this has like a yeah. nutty quality to it. And you know, it is sweeter, it is richer, but that's not any worse or better or whatever than anything else. It's just for a different palette. Whereas if you look at kind of Foursquare, I, I, I touched on it being very much kind of a whiskey drinker's rum. And I think there's so much synergy between rum and whiskey, especially mm. on the kind of the high quality end, because actually it's a nice, product that people can really get into and understand yeah. there's as much craftsmanship going into rum as there is into whiskey yeah and it, that's why actually we're doing um, rum for the first time ever at whiskey show this year okay. so we're doing a first ever non-whiskey category okay wow um well first of all okay so whiskey shows coming up at the end yes, of september end of september so the last weekend yeah. of september in the city of london in the city billingsgate, in billingsgate yeah. okay. old and billingsgate. old billingsgate and it is not the fish market mm, not the fish market. i don't turn up to the fish market no um it is absolutely amazing we have over 600 whiskeys on okay. tasting it is wow. a, even if you don't know anything about whiskey it's a great venue to learn. We run 101 masterclasses. We're having people down, who, who people on the floor who are going to be there just if you want to be ask a question or you want some guidance to know mm-hmm. where to go. Yeah. You know, so even for the geek, it's amazing because you can taste things that you would never be able to taste anywhere else. Right. We do dream drams. So these are it's oh, an idea of so a dream dram is a very sexy number. It's essentially a whiskey that you wouldn't. Yeah, most people couldn't afford mm-hmm. because you know we don't all have thousands to spend on a bottle of whiskey but you get a dram you can pay your extra and you get a little sip okay so you know you get to try something you may necessarily sip That'd old nice. whiskey from maybe the 60s or some do you have new a dream stuff oh do you know what i don't i don't have one i i know that like I'm always asked this whether it's wine or, or whether it's sort of... I always really think it depends on who you're with, what okay, you're doing. Yeah. Like, I love smoky whiskey. Mm. Absolutely love it. So the Highlands. Islands, Highlands, anything yeah. smoky. A Lagavulin, I love. Mm. But not maybe on a Tuesday night, which yeah, right, actually yeah. I'd much rather have a really light, fresh dram and a highball with ice. Uh, I think you know it's really you know, about who. Yes, I know, <laughs> and it's no not going to surprise anyone I know. <laughs> Even my parents resigned to the fact that I'm an alcoholic now. <laughs> but, 
I blame them. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. Did you know you always wanted to get into uh, to booze. the spirits world, the drink world? So when I was three years old, my father, um, we lived in Kenya at the time, oh. and my dad, we were moving to Rome. And they had a leaving party, and I was toddler height, so I was mm -hmm. obviously just walking around. Right. Just, they were having a party, people were leaving drinks on the side. So I thought, in my infinite wisdom at three years old, that I would just test everyone's drinks that they were just leaving behind. So sort of about halfway wow. through, they just found a very drunken toddler okay. <laughs> sitting in the corner. <laughs> I think from that moment on, it was probably <laughs> in the stars. <laughs> but um, do you know what? I, I, I worked in, I've always, my, my parents have, strangely enough, always taught me to respect alcohol. Um, so we always had wine and water when I was growing up. Okay. Yeah, it was, so when I was of drinking age, mm -hmm. in brackets, I didn't feel the need to go out and get horrendously pissed or anything. Right. I'm not saying I never did, but I think just because I had always had a taste for it, I'd always... I, it wasn't anything you new. Yeah, handle it, manage it. And then some people say I managed it too much, too okay. well. Um, but then so I went to university, and I needed a part-time job, and I got a job in a bar to pay for my drinking habit, mm -hmm. and for all the Guinness I was going to consume over four years, okay. and I just loved it. I absolutely loved working yeah. in a bar with people with that kind of product. Met a chef towards the end. Went traveling ended up in a restaurant in Sydney called Tetsia's, which is what is one of the best restaurants I've ever been to in my life still. Okay. And I had this amazing experience with a sommelier there. He, he was just incredible. Okay. I thought that's what I want to do. Well, I guess the first time I met you, we, we, we went through some uh, we cognac. Cognac. Yeah. That's and right. one, I was impressed with your selections and two, I was impressed with uh, your palate. Uh -huh. So, that's something that not everybody has. Did you always have it, or is that something that's developed? Um, I mean, back when you meet this sommelier in Australia. I think you always have a palate. Yeah. I think you either have okay. a palate or you don't. Like, sorry, Dad, if you're listening. Um, my father has no palate. Okay. <laughs> like, nada. Whereas my mom, who doesn't drink, mm. has the most amazing palate. Like, okay. And I think it's very much about perception. They do say women do have better palates, and I think that's something about how we visualize and sense mm. the world naturally um, but I, I think I've always loved food I've always been very into flavor and you practice though I mean yeah. you have to taste a lot and drink a lot taste a lot whichever way you want to look at it but you know I'll taste a hundred wines in a day mm. I have to be able to assess them so yes I think you're born with it I don't think you can necessarily teach someone to have a good palate I think but you can train someone to learn to taste better okay so, so you started as master of wine, which uh, so there's not a lot of in the world, and even very many fewer women. women. Yeah. Um, so I, I started actually I started as a, a sommelier um, in restaurants. Mm -hmm. That's where I went, and then I left restaurants, joined Selfridges, and I thought to myself, I know I want to become a master of wine. That was stupid because it took me seven years of my life, mm -hmm. um, longer than it takes most people to get a okay. doctor's. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and it was how yeah a lot tastier pure and a lot cadavers. less yeah pure cadavers. Uh, well, I don't know. By the end, there was probably quite a few. As my friends will say, they were like, "You put us through hell for seven years." There was a lot of tears, a lot of tears. But it was you know it was an amazing journey because it, it it's so tough. You have to you do um, five well now more, but at the time I used to have to do four written papers 
I hadn't written an essay since I left university, yeah, right, and yeah. I'm not going to tell you how long ago that okay. was. And then you have to t- you do three blind wine papers, each of twelve wines, and you have to say how they were made, where they were produced, what grape variety, and I mean it's pretty mental. Then you have to write a thesis. Uh, seven years, I will never yeah. get back. I, I'm really proud that? of myself, but <laughs> it's kind of like you put yourself in a barrel, and now you know. And I am now out of the barrel. <laughs> Back to the rum. <laughs> but then once you get those basics down, you can talk yeah. confidently about cognac, yeah. about rum. The, the spirit side of things is, is different. Yeah. Okay. Oh, my God. Yeah. You, I will never know everything about the drinks industry. And, okay. you know, like, I'm in a very fortunate position that I've done both spirits and wine. And there's not a lot of people that I think have done both. And, and I'm lucky. I learn every day. Every time I pick up a glass mm-hmm. or I have to look at a product or whatever, you never stop learning. And that's the best thing about this okay. job is that you're, if you're creative or you're, you're an inquisitive mind, okay. you just don't stop. Well, how do you anticipate trends? So I think that's a lot to do with I drink in a lot of bars or I watch a lot of kind of things that mm-hmm. are happening. I talk to a lot of customers, actually. I, I, I work... Just seeing what people are asking. Yeah, about, you yeah. really get a feel for it. Because if someone comes in and starts saying, oh, you know, I'm looking for Gewürztraminer and you've not sold a Gewürztraminer in five years yeah. and suddenly 50 people walked in and asked, you're like, hold on a minute, something's going yeah. on there. I think it's also intuitively knowing. I think you get a feel for how what the market does. I always say the market's quite secular. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you start with the vodka it's almost like I was saying in the beginning you start with vodka you go into the gin so gin will fade right. something else will come through which yeah. I think will be rum and, okay. and and that kind of circle goes on and on and on so you can slightly future predict okay. um, and also just sort of watching what people get excited about when they taste mm-hmm. and, and seeing sales and things so yeah you can predict trends in the same way as fashion or whatever you can create them okay uh, well, there's no wrong thing to drink. No, you drink what you like. And yeah. I always say never feel that, you know, you can't drink how you like as well. A lot of right. people say to me, you know, with whiskey, well, I shouldn't put ice in it. Well, if you want to put ice in it, put ice in it. Yeah, right, okay, yeah. would I put ice in a 1960s Bamore? No, I probably wouldn't. Right. But if you want to drink it that way, yeah. that's your damn choice and yeah. you do what you want. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, you know, same with sort of rum. If you want to drink rum over ice, if you want to drink rum and Coke, there's nothing wrong. I might say to you, yeah. try it straight first. Try it straight first, first yeah. And just have a sip, you know, put a little finger in and taste it on yeah, your tongue yeah. just to see. But if then you say to me, do you know what? I prefer rum and Coke. Well, why not? I mean, rum and ginger, I love it. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, sure. Rum and ting. That's pretty well, damn good. <laughs> yeah, me and nephews yeah. and ting. That's, that's, that keeps, uh, that keeps that coming. That keeps Jamaica. <laughs> going um i think wow. that kept nodding called carnival going this yes, uh, <laughs> i'm sure it did yes uh i think we went off on a tangent but we were talking about the whiskey show yes we did go so it sounds pretty amazing but this is the first year you're going to be also including rum yes in the show yes and why did you guys come to that decision so sakinda who's the owner of the company and who okay. started whiskey show 10 years ago it's our 10 year anniversary mm. um both of us are hugely passionate about rum and we just really wanted to show the kind of whiskey drinker that rum isn't something that mm-hmm. is just this sweet thing that right. you know plebs drink or whatever you want to say you, you know that rum is really cool it's got a lot going for it it's got a lot of similarities with whiskey yeah. you know you you taste all of those and you mm-hmm. i could find you a whiskey that was sure, similar yeah. um and we really wanted to kind of bring that to life now we are only looking at kind of 
um, rums that don't add anything to them. Um, so no sugar, no caramel. So all the rums we have at show are very much sort of, okay. I would say, untampered with. That's the wrong word, but you know, less manipulated. Okay. Maybe more. I don't want to say natural, but natural. Um, that we think will appeal more to a whiskey drinker. So Richard Seal from Foursquare will be down at the show oh, this right, year. Okay. Um, he's doing an, um, a very, you know, he'll be standing on, he'll be on the stand doing some really cool kind of tastings with all of his his new stuff, which is fantastic. Um, we've also got Luca Gargano, who is Mr. Rum himself when it comes to Italy. He is okay. the man that really kind of brought rum agricole to life and right, he's yeah. incredible and him and Sakina are doing a rum versus whiskey masterclass uh, which I think will be very very fun very but I think we just wanted to kind of bring another dimension to the show and, and, and say to people look you know don't just stick within your category yeah. the best thing about booze is you can try so much you can try so many different things and then explore why just stick to the same thing yeah. you know and, and whiskey is such an amazing topic and it's so big how do you bring kind of difference all the time? So we got some new distillers coming down. We get a lot of master distillers coming. Okay. We've got some very cool master classes. It's, it's, I'm slightly terrified because it's three days of solid, like okay. running around right. like a headless right, chicken, right. making sure everything's okay. But it is also one of the funnest shows to work how and was, to go uh, to. How many years has it been going? It's 10 years. This is the 10 year anniversary. Yeah, so it's right. our 10 years. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, for people who are listening to this, I'm going to publish this episode around the very end of August, the very beginning of September, and also check my blog, tikichris.com, because I'm also going to be giving away tickets to the whiskey show. So, sounds like a good time. It is uh, definitely you're get a, a, a good the, time. The Dream Dram, all that. I think the tickets are worth like 110 pounds each. Yes, so they're 100 pounds. Not a shabby event. Yeah, something very so, nice. And it's, it, you know, it's a really fun place to come down, you know, bring some friends, you could do a Saturday ticket, you can do a Sunday ticket, you can do a weekend okay. ticket if you're feeling yeah. really adventurous. And come down and learn, have fun, you know. It's a really, really, really good event. And there's some cool food stands we do there as well. Okay. And it's it's a really good chance just to kind of dive in and really understand whiskey. And, yeah. of course, now rum. And rum. So. And I guess uh, I probably should have mentioned this at the beginning of the uh, the interview, but we are in the uh, the back annals. Yeah. Of the uh, of the new whiskey exchange in Fitzrovia, so the what? Just a few weeks old. Yes, right? so yeah. we're three weeks young. Okay. And it's on um, Great Portland Street, and really nice shot. We've got yeah. a great team here. So if you want to come down, we always have bottles open for you to test things. Indeed. Yes. You know, well, <laughs> three rums here right now. We do a lot of tastings. Um, we and things do. Yeah, we right do now. loads of different tastings. If you want to sign up for our tastings, we'd love to have new people okay. um, come down. We're doing a vermouth tasting tonight. Oh, very nice. Okay. How to make cocktails with vermouth. I think so that's the next fun. big thing. Yes, vermouth yeah. is is sitting there in the sidelines. I'm I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I love vermouth. And I honestly, you might find this hard to believe, I don't drink a lot at home, but every once in a while I like to just have a glass of vermouth when I'm just chilling out. Do you know what? It's yeah. the best stuff. And I love Negronis. Negronis uh, are yeah. the best thing since sliced bread. But I've found, I've started drinking um, vermouth and soda mm, as a yes. long drink this summer. because oh, I was nice. just, okay. I had some soda, I had some vermouth, I thought, oh yeah. That'll do. And I literally... Like a very bitter Amaro... Do you know, I was drinking cocky Americano, okay. so quite a sort of softer style. Yeah. But it was just delicious. I think I managed to probably drink more than I would have drunk if I'd just drunk by itself. Okay. <laughs> but, 
but really, really just fresh little twist of orange. I was happy as it was yeah. a nice summer drink. So I uh, vermouth is definitely one to watch, and there's some great products out there now yeah. with vermouth. So many too, right? Oh, yeah. it, you know every it, every day it's a, a new one. But there's you know the good thing is is that people are really starting to craft it beautifully. You know, they're mm. really taking care of what grapes they use. Looking at kind of the different botanicals, well, and you always have vermouth. It's wormwood. Okay. It has to have a percentage of wormwood, and it has to have seventy-five percent. So um, it is wine. Yes, with, it's, a, it's a fortified yeah, wine, okay. essentially, yeah. very with aromatized with different botanicals. But wormwood has to be the major component. Okay. okay. So yeah, think of it like a fortified wine in a very basic mm. way. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's it's a really interesting topic. I um I'm. I'm excited by vermouths. There's a couple of Regal Rogues doing some really nice, funky stuff. Okay, okay. They're very good. Belsazar, mm. a really good German vermouth. Oh, for the wine people out there, okay. they're Riesling vermouth. Oh, really? Okay. Which is made by a guy called Dr. Lucen. He does the grapes for them, oh. and he's a very famous German winemaker. Oh, the name. There's beautiful. There's a great vermouth bar in Frankfurt. Oh, God, I yeah. don't know. Yeah, no, really? I, yeah, it's great. Yeah, oh. I forget the name, though, but... There's uh, not that many vermouth bars. No, in there Frankfurt, isn't. So <laughs> in the it. world, it, yeah. actually, probably. probably I mean, yeah. I'd love a vermouth bar. Mm. I'd be so happy there. I love how they have it on tap in oh, Madrid, you know? So yeah. good. So good. I think the worst I've ever been to in Germany was a Jägermeister. Well, it wasn't Jägermeister, but it was kind of like that Amaro y kind of digestive. And there must have been about 100 different versions of Jägermeister y things. And oh my lord, that was a bad night. <laughs> I think I was dancing on the top of a table by the end of that night. No, not good. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, the life and glamour of uh, mm. being a wine and spirits buyer. What can you ask for? But yeah, please pop on down to the shop. We'd okay. love to have you down here. We also have the, the flagship in... Um, in Covent Garden. In Covent Garden. And then yeah. also in, what, Edinburgh? Or? No, nothing no, else. Just no, just the two here just in London. Just the two okay. here in London. And if you wanted to pop into Park Royal, we'd love to see you. But yeah. I don't think anyone wants to pop into Park Royal where our warehouse is, so... <laughs> Can I bring a truck with me? Yeah. Yeah, an empty truck? Yeah. An empty truck and uh, wads of cash. Why not? <laughs> but if people want to find out more, www.thewhiskeyexchange.com. Okay. If you want to go online, you can also register there for our tastings. Uh-huh. Um, if you want to be, if you're interested in signing up to those. Yeah. And I'm Dawn F. Um, Dawn Davies MW, I think. Dawn F. Davies MW on. On Instagram. On Instagram, okay. she says. I can't even remember yeah. my own handle, okay. which okay. is probably okay. why okay. I'm really crap on Instagram <laughs> but yeah no www.thewhiskeyexchange.com or for the whiskey show www.whiskeyshow.com fantastic so we this also have a fun. cognac show and a champagne show this year which I'm oh, super excited the, uh, about cognac show cognac show is in April next year and right. the champagne show is the first weekend of November the Friday awesome. and it. it is going to be awesome okay I had to put that in sorry folks I know you're trying to get rid of me now but <laughs> So it's about the no, booze. No, 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 no. Now we have reason to come back. I know. Okay. Fantastic. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. Catch up with you.